GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our panel. We are doing a Q&A interview with Spencer Grammer, star of Rick and Morty, Greek, Tell Me a Story, and all sorts of things. So first off, thank you all for joining us. And if you have any questions, make sure to send them our way because you're the one asking the questions today. And while our team gets all of that together, let me reminder, you can also be meeting Spencer yourself with a virtual one-on-one. So if you're interested in that, head over to the GalaxyCon website. But y'all don't come here for me. You came here for Spencer Grammar. So she's not going to be able to hear you when she joins me in this room, but we can make sure your neighbors hear you. So everybody, please go nuts and wild and welcome Spencer Grammar. Hi. <laughs> that was hey, lovely Spencer. intro. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for being here. Um, yeah. That is a fantastic plant, by the way. Oh, this your... one? Uh, this, yes. Yeah, this one. <laughs> thank you. I, uh, it's a I, fiddle. I think it's like a fiddle leaf or something. I think it's called <laughs> fantastic fiddle leaf. Fig, yeah, it's very, I think. Yes, fiddle leaf fig. It's very good for you know cleansing the air. I guess. <laughs> uh, during the pandemic, I have uh, attempted to be a plant person. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see in the background, most of those plants are dead because I put them in a dark corner. Uh, for mm. art, so it's <laughs> it's it's good if you mix them with you can mix them with fake plants and then make you know that way if some of them die it almost looks like you have a green thumb that's what I've heard it's like a little trick although all of my plants are real so all of them they're all doing fantastic I'm I'm very they, jealous I, you of know, your plant I really love plants <laughs> <laughs> I could I give probably... them showers. <laughs> Do you like it's wash the dirty. leaves and, and talk to them? Like I, I genuinely I, heard. I definitely them. wash the leaves. <laughs> yes. And then also I I have now um recently a recent like purchase that was maybe not necessary, but I got it kind of on sale. Um was like a food cycler where you can take your food scraps and turn it into compost. Like, and it does it itself in like six hours, you know, it like heats up. I know, like, and I was like, well, I'm growing lots of plants. I mean, I should have free soil, right? And like, then I'm not wasting so much. I don't know. Like, you're, I'm kind of. <laughs> you're describing this and I'm loving this, but I have no frame of reference. So in my <laughs> head, you have this like giant machine just like churning. <laughs> <laughs> right so like i live in new york city in 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 california i definitely had one of those giant machines but in new york city it's a little bit space is a little tight so i this one you can put underneath your sink um it's like i'm advertising <laughs> but i'm not i'm not getting any this is uh, this is just and i thought i'd try it out it does i have to be honest it's a little smelly <laughs> I, I was like, you know, it's a little, but like, not in a bad way, you know, just in a very natural, <laughs> natural way. So I love this. So, you know, everybody <laughs> has sort of developed their pandemic hobbies. I yeah. got to the point where I named my sourdough starter and, and you are producing dirt under your sink. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it, for those of my friends who were really into growing things, I might give them dirt for Christmas. <laughs> like, 
I love this. <laughs> like homemade dirt. <laughs> I don't know. I I thought it would be really funny. Like I don't know what else to give people. <laughs> I mean that that compost there is, is gold. It's golden. It it's really place. healthy. It's like organic nutrients, you know. <laughs> it's, I'll make fancy little labels. I'm like cutting down waste. I'll save jar whatever. I'm a little when I was like 5 or 6 years old, you know how you had to write like your wishes for the new year? Mine were all about saving the environment and endangered animals. <laughs> but I was a child. They weren't even like, hey, I actually think it was my two front teeth, the endangered animals and the planet were the things that I wanted to get for Christmas. I do like yeah. that, like in order of priority. You in order of priority. Like, yeah. like, take care of yourself first before you can take care of the planet. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> self-care is really important. And then we can worry about the rest of the world. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And, that, you know, in six minutes, I've already learned yeah. so much about you. And you just, you have so many different facets about you. And about all these roles that you play, I mean, one, yeah. uh, one of the things I like to do when I get ready for panels is I, I sort of start as far back as possible and then just start like picking and choosing and watching episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching Greek and recently, I, recently like a few <laughs> days ago, I'm now wow. halfway through the season, the first season, <laughs> I am fully invested and I am 100% team Kathy. I, I like I have moved I love it. Back in my youth and I am involved in this show. I know. I mean, sometimes as the series goes along, I date multiple other people, but there would be series recaps in the beginning that would have me making out with like four different people. And then I'd be like, and then <laughs> I'd be at Toddlers right? with like my brother hanging out. Um, no, that was a um, that was really like the place where I probably learned how to um you know, work on a set so efficiently. I mean, I've been working my whole life off and on, um, but there was a lot of pressure on that show because I was in so many of the storylines. Um, and it was it was hard. It was hard being so young and because um, I was, I think, 20. I mean, really, was I that young? I was like 21, 22 when I got the show. It was like a young cast, though. We did. Yeah. We, I was not the youngest person. Most uh, other people, there were a lot, like other people were like 19. I think Amber was 19 and, and the guy who plays Evan, uh, Jake Mm -hmm. McDormand was also like pretty young too, or 20. Um, so they did, that was sort of their college experience. And as we used to say, like, and in a way it was that like, I got to experience a different college experience. Cause for me, I obviously went to an arts college in New York city. Um, so we didn't really have you know, it was liberal arts, right? Like we didn't do stories and maternities or anything like that. Um, I, I was really focused on a career anyway. So <laughs> I, uh, very similar experience. And it, and for me, it was that, wow, that's what happens behind the closed doors. Um, yeah. Well, apparently it was actually pretty, uh, close to what happened. Um, in some ways, I mean, there's, it's funny when I, I think about the, we had different scenes that never made it into the actual pilot, um, things where we offered girls drugs or like, you know, I got even with, um, sorry, I'm like, I was like, my nose is leaking guys. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because, um, it's so funny. The thing that I always remembered is like when I'd have these makeout scenes, like the only embarrassing thing would be like, 
if you're making out with somebody, like your nose drips or something. <laughs> it was like the grossest. Like, you know, people think it's like really sexy. It's not like that exciting at all to kiss somebody in front of like 300 people make sure you hit your camera and then like maybe they ate onions for lunch like it's definitely not not all that sexy as they like to say um no I don't remember what I was talking about before a work-related subject of some kind <laughs> whatever it was I was I was here on this journey with you it's, it's fantastic and and truly what a journey you yeah. have made in your roles. I mean, you really have. Like, you look at you went from Greek to then playing a cop, yeah, uh, Ironside, and and now your voiceover for Rick and Morty. I mean, what what about the roles that you do? And when you're looking at projects, what are the things that really jump out to you and and speak to you as an actor? Um, it's always funny. I mean, you know, I've been going to graduate school. I, it's funny when someone asks that question because, um you know, as an actor, like, or as a working actor, where I'm not like a, uh, I'm not like Angelina Jolie, you know, (laughs) I'm not like, I'm like, I'm a working actor where like, I work hard to get the parts that I get. And I also, so I audition a lot. And it's funny when people say like, did you get to choose this role? And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, like they hired me and I was good for it. Um, I chose to put all of my effort into getting this role. <laughs> a really good audition that got me closer to getting the job. Um, but that being said, I have passed on work um, for a number of different reasons, mostly because I do believe, um, I do wholeheartedly believe in um, like gender equality. And I do believe that women should be paid the same amount of money as men in this world. And while that's still very difficult to seem to achieve, despite the fact that we do the same amount of work as men, um, somehow we're viewed as a different commodity. Um, that being said, I am in a place where I get to work on a show, which is Rick and Morty, where they actually believe in paying us all equally and like support us. Um, not only us, but like support strong female characters and uh, challenge gender, gender dynamics Um in a culture that I think it had struggles with it a little bit, you know, especially anyway, <laughs> given our last few years. Um, but <laughs> but um, that being said, like at the same time, I also value my, my family life. So you can't take every job if, you know, you care about being around your family. And so for me, it's about mm, balance, that work-life balance in a way. Um, so I don't know. Did I get Rick and Morty came along at a time when I was really pregnant and I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, just Greek was like airing its last season. I started auditioning for other things, but at that particular time, um, I would have had a baby if any of those shows got picked up. So I had a number of the roles I'd auditioned for had passed on um, hiring me because I would have had been pregnant. Right. Um, and it was really disheartening at the time. And I was like, okay, well, I love working. Like working is honestly my top priority, but I also wanted to be a mom one day. So I was like, maybe I can get in on this voiceover stuff. Like they don't care if I'm pregnant. Right. Like they're, they're totally cool. If I have a, they won't know it's just my voice. So I, uh, pursued that at the agency I, I was at and I started, um, going out for voiceover work. And within those, I guess, eight months that I was pregnant, nine months that I was pregnant or had the, I ended up getting Rick and Morty. And it was one of the greatest 
things that's ever happened to me in my life. I mean, I wouldn't have known that it would be as successful as it is. Um, but I believed in the project so much and I enjoyed the roles and the stories and the, uh, I mean, I just loved all of it. I I, like, I, I don't think there's ever been a point that I haven't loved it. And what I loved most really was that we pushed the comedy, um, in a way that we couldn't do in live action. And that was what I really enjoyed because those were the things that hindered us in, in Greek was, like we couldn't push some of the comedy because of your viewership and because you have, you know, a certain um, amount of, what do they call it? When, screening? No. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Um, you know, so they couldn't do certain kinds of things at that particular time on uh, broadcast like television. Day and like marketing. Just in terms of like the stories or words or swearing or any of those things mm-hmm. and, and doing something in animation allows you a little bit more freedom to make like a raunchier joke or something a little dirtier, you know, because cartoons are saying it. And I I personally really enjoy that kind of comedy, um, that space where it's a little uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, like where you laugh, but you laugh because either you've experienced something like that or you would be super embarrassed if that happened to you. Um, so that's and I, you know, and I love that. And I feel like there's also an authenticity to uh Rick and Morty's perspective based off of like their stories who writes the show you know Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland do an amazing job of I think really telling their truth in the network Adult Swim really allows them that privilege that um privilege I mean that right I think as a creator to write a show that you want um and so it's really great I have to be honest it's like my favorite thing I've ever done I love doing voiceover work it's incredibly freeing um you know, I, yeah, I love imagining what is happening. I actually, well, I'm not, I haven't finalized my deal. So I have another thing mm-hmm. coming up, but I can't totally talk about it. But it's me slightly different than Rick and Morty, which will be, um, <laughs> I know, ooh. Um, like voiceover related or it's voiceover related. questions and guess it. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not, it hasn't been made yet. So you wouldn't know, but I'm sure there'll be like a release and I'll let people know what it is, but um, it'll be slightly different. It won't be like animation in the context, of the way that Rick and Morty is. So I'm kind of looking forward to that challenge um, for me as a, as a voiceover artist to do something a little bit different, which will, you know, when they do Rick and Morty, they animate after we've done our work, you know, and then we kind of do some pickups along the way, but this will be something that's already shot. And then I will add my voice in after, which is very, uh, which would be more challenging in a way um, and exciting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you record the voiceover for Rick and Morty, do you get to see the episodes once they're sort of in the can before Before. others or do you have to wait like everyone else? I kind of, I wait like everybody else, to be honest. I mean, sometimes, no, we wait like everybody else. Sometimes we'll, we'll see like, an animatic for Christmas, right? They'll do like a Christmas party and we can Mm -hmm. like go in and have pizza at the office and watch like it, the rough cut put together. Um, And there have been also some, uh, like they did viewing parties on Zoom this year a little bit, but only when they were airing. So I typically don't see the episodes unless I have pickups, I'll see parts of the episodes. Um, I see them when everybody else does. I think also because it's a little dangerous to send... Encry- like files, you know, like they're, <laughs> I 
I don't know. People are always hacking into stuff, you know. There's like, we have we have the new Rick and Morty episode. Somebody leaked that. You know? <laughs> Download this. Give me your and they're on like security number. number. <laughs> like my friends will be like, oh, you haven't seen the rest of the because like I don't really have regular cable. They're like, oh, it's just it's on Pornhub right now. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like Rick and Morty, and then I was like, whoa, this is a rabbit hole. I did not expect (laughs) like this was definitely a Rick and Morty rabbit hole that should not have happened. I'm (laughs) I'm trying to like when I think about the search search option and something like that. When you look up like Rick and Morty or like yeah, Rick and Morty season three, I know was like like, season four. (laughs) Well, lots of crazy. There's a lot of crazy things going on on there. I'll just say. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, they don't want to watch this. <laughs> Close. <laughs> and I mean, in you know, Rick and Morty, obviously they're going to so many different multiverses and the and there's mm-hmm. so much going on. And you know, I, I've read you've talked about sort of some of your favorite episodes. And you know, when you think about how wild it is and also how broad the appeal is, what what do you think it is that draws people in? Because you know, I, I think about shows that my my friends and my family are fans of, and I can sort of like put them into little compartments and like, oh, they like this type of show and this type of show. Yeah, but just everyone I know loves Rick and Morty, and like trying to pin that down. I mean, I don't know if my parents love Rick and Morty, <laughs> but but everybody else I know really loves it. Um, I I mean, I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons, like. I I always grew up watching it on Sunday nights. I am also my dad did the voice of Sideshow Bob. So I think in some ways there's um a trope that exists in in um in animation, like half hour animation, right? Like where you have a sort of dysfunctional family that we follow around. And um that exists also in Rick and Morty. I think that's one of the main appeals is the idea that you have this family that is together inherently it's dysfunctional like most of our families and 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 yet somehow they're still making it work you know it's not perfect it's not perfect but it's definitely exciting right we're going to different planets and different you know timeline different time zones and like alternate dimensions and it almost feels like if we could live the same way rick does we might also have the ability to live the same kind of life like i think there's a little rick in all of us right (laughs) A little bit of us wants to like do whatever the hell we want, wherever, whenever, with whomever (laughs) we choose. Right. And that's sort of like, I think that speaks universally, regardless of like what time period you're from, what country, what culture, like we all have a little bit desire to do something like that. And he does it without any, um, without any remorse. Um, and also yet like still struggles with his choices. (laughs) Like I think of that episode, um, the, the hive mind episode within, in, um, is her name infinity? Is that her name? What's her name again? I can't remember. Oh, I usually, she's anyway. And, and she breaks up with him. Right. Yeah. And all these different voiceovers. It's like really fantastic. And at the end, like there's some like sad 90s song comes on. And I'm like me and Justin obviously grew up in the same time period because like we listen to the same music a little bit. <laughs> and and then he's like, 
you know, he makes it a, a baby, like a weird baby thing that like he blows up and then he tries to do it to himself, but he drinks and even his head falls on the ground, like on the table because he's so sad. And it's like, yeah, yeah, he's so crazy and like partying and like pansexual. And yet, like, he still goes into his garage at the end of the episode and thinks about killing himself. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we all, we have those moments, you know, it's like tough. It's tough out there. And I think that's, you know, he has humility and he doesn't always win, right? He doesn't always get his way. Um, and that's one of those moments where he doesn't. So, yeah, there, I think that's that why. Of, like, laughter through the tears a little bit and like. This is yeah. a real thing that we're all dealing with and we can laugh at, about it and not necessarily right. think about the implications for our real life. I love yeah. that. I mean, that and I also think there's a weird, like, within each episode, there's a bit of smaller jokes and humor, like, thrown off to the side that also make me laugh that are completely <laughs> independent of what's happening. Like, like in the, I think it's... um it's when it's the Morty, um, the last Morty episode. I'm like, I should have checked up on all of the titles. Cause like, I, I like, I'll be like, Hey Emmett, like my son, I'm like, what, what episode was that with the name? And he'll like, no, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's in the most recent season where they like have those things on their faces. <laughs> um, and in the beginning when they finally get the faces off, he's like, he, you know, they're talking about, I'm talking about Pornhub again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We didn't make it five like, minutes before you brought up Pornhub again. Where he makes the joke about like, you know, it's you should have a private account like so that you can share it with the person you're dating so you guys both know what you're into. And I was like, that's so funny. I was like, this is totally unrelated to this episode, except that's a really funny idea. And it made me laugh a lot, actually. Um, well, where it, would, it would make for communication, I guess, a little bit easier, right? <laughs> or whether enough. or not you'd want to date them. You're like, I don't know. That's... A little, that's a little much. <laughs> well, Spencer, we are ready for questions oh, okay, from cool. the fans, and we're gonna get our first question up right now from Anna. Any funny or memorable stories from the recording booth? Oh yeah, this is a question I've been asked before. Um, not really. I mean, you know, I wish I had like a good story where like I shit my pants or something. You know, like <laughs> something really gross or like threw up but like I really haven't had any of those the the funniest thing that happened to me actually this is this one's okay is I never got the scripts for two of the episodes one time nor did I get I mean it was really busy there was like a crazy shit going on nor did I also get the confirmation that I was recording the next day and I happened to go out the night before um (laughs) on a date and was like and did not expect that I and I got like a text in the morning and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, so was we had like to, the where had are to, you text? It was it was like, oh cool, we're ready to go at like noon. I had time, right? We never record before like noon usually because it takes a while for your voice to wake up. And <laughs> and we went just in there, like it was a whole um but that was what, and I I went in there and I was probably like a little hungover still, but actually those episodes came out great. I was very funny. I can't remember which ones it was, but I was like, oh, dang. I was like, I really shouldn't have done that the night before going. Like, I would never do that in general. I would always, I'm very professional. That was the only time that's happened to me. I think that was season, the beginning of season four. Yeah. A few of those episodes and there was like two of them I had to do. Oh, 
So yeah, that's when the funniest we, thing. When we watch the episodes on Pornhub. Try to oh. guess. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to guess which ones they are. Mm-hmm. I, I I could go back and remember and be like, oh yeah, my voice is a little bit more hoarse than that. Because there's all this stuff you drink, like to make sure that you're you're doing like there's all these little tricks that you have. Um, mm-hmm. and so you you learn them over the years. And and uh if you're not prepared <laughs> for that day, you're a little like oh <laughs> so anyway it's one of those you're, times you're making me thirsty just like talking about all the things you need to do thank yeah, you so much Anna. <laughs> all right so we for, so from peter oh i like this oh. one will um, summer ever get her own spinoff series i don't and know you should you, you should email them or something and ask them <laughs> um no but I, but but summer will have definitely some more um you know, because we have these this seventy episode pickup, we're gonna have many more opportunities for there to be summer episodes and Jerry episodes. Like personally, I love the Jerry episodes, <laughs> but um, so like so so don't there's prob- there's not gonna be a spinoff anytime soon. Um, but you'll definitely get a you could maybe be able to do like a compilation of summer episodes at some point. You know, a super cut. Yeah, a super cut um, of summer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your question, Peter. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, this one comes from Desiree. Is there anything written for summer that was too outrageous for you to act? Or if not, <laughs> is there any line that you feel summer wouldn't cross? No, I don't. I, I, uh, I feel that's the, you know, the irreverent nature of Rick and Morty, right? And the satirical nature of it. It is pointing fingers at our society in a way that we can sort of um, digest. So I don't think there's anything that I wouldn't say, but I also think they take great care in thinking about who's saying what. Um, I think that's why I love doing the show because I, there's not much I wouldn't do, you know, at least with my voice. (laughs) (laughs) On camera is a little different, but like, um, like I, I, I really enjoy that they they push it. Um, mm, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I feel like they have their right, their right mindset. I think we like beat up the bad guys most of the time, you know. I I love that observation though that it's it's not just sort of the style of what's being said, but it's who's offering that perspective on the show mm-hmm. and who's the actual one person getting to say that line. Mm-hmm. All right, so thank we're- you. Yeah. So from Jerome, uh, can you tell us your best memory on the set of Greek? I'm going to try to think. Um, My best memory on the set of Greek. I mean, I did so many episodes. I like we did like over 70 episodes. um, And I and I spent like six months a year, 80 hours a week. Like living this character, like I, I, so I, I, they all become like some distant memory. Like I don't even remember what who I was. <laughs> like I spent more time playing Casey Cartwright than I did being Spencer Grammer. Um, I'm trying to think of like the best memory on set, and I, I, there were so many great things that happened. It's funny. Well, it's also tragic because a lot of really tragic things in my personal life happened during that oh. time. So I remember those and I'll be like, oh, and then I had to work and I couldn't go to the funeral or like really sad things. So that so it's always hard for me to remember them because I had a lot of experiences like that. Personal, personal things. Um, I wish I had something better. I don't know. Like every time we did a party scene, we sometimes got drunk 
<laughs> don't I mean why does it matter now but like because we didn't have any I, lines and there were like a hundred people there <laughs> it's it's so interesting too because it feels like that show was like and its contemporaries was sort of like the last of the not on social media shows and and now it's like we can follow all the mm-hmm. actors we can follow hashtags and be so conscious and aware and for yeah. you I'm sure that becomes like a time capsule for the show of you I know it's interesting you know I I wonder if the show would have been on longer had social media been a thing we were doing you know there might have been more of an audience I mean we also shot on film for the majority of that show um oh, we were wow. like one of the last shows to shoot on 35 millimeter which doesn't mean anything really in the general context because, you know, we have, but digital versus film, it, digital is much cheaper to shoot with, you know, you, um, then, cause you don't have to pay for film <laughs> processing yeah. um, or the film, you know, and you don't have to read, I mean, but there was something really lovely, like the sound of a film of film and a canister rolling while you're acting is so different than obviously pressing a record button. That doesn't make any noise. I mean, the fan of a camera is not necessarily the same as the sound of the film moving through it. I can't explain that, but so that's, that. those are some of my happy memories on that show. Really. Um, Sounds like ASMR. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that I experienced what that was like at that time. I mean, I'd been acting for many years, but to be there through the transition of like film to digital. And like, now we kind of go back and use film for, for pieces. And I feel like there is a certain quality to it that feels really um, tangible, you know? Uh, But no, I mean, yeah, social media, it's a whole, I, I I hate it and I, I do it for work and yeah, I I always feel like it's so interesting because, you know, you're going to talk about your politics, you're going to promote something and you're also going to like, show what you had for lunch. Like, I, I don't know. I, you know, and I don't know how serious we should take it. If like it's used for everything, it almost exposes humanity in this really like gross yet like way. It's sort of like, like it's like you lose hours of your life. I mean, I'm not on it that much. I really only do it for work stuff, you know? And the rest of the time I'm I just like living I life. Want yeah. your willpower. <laughs> I, I'm, I want your willpower. I'm very much <laughs> someone that is guilty of just doom scrolling. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I listen. We all are there, especially like if you go through a breakup. Oh, it's the worst. I have to like. I have to delete my social media. It's gone. It's. It, I block everybody. I turn it off. I sometimes switch to private because I just don't want to be hounded by people. Um, plus you have to find like all of the finstas of like the guy you were dating or something. Um, because, and you have to look like you're having so much fun now. It's so much work. Who wants to do that? God. Um, I, I don't even remember where we started with this question. And I, oh, oh, it was about about grief or something. I don't know. Sorry. Memories. That's right. Well, thank you so much for that question from Sarah. How much of yourself do you see in summer? I had this question recently in an interview and I, I do see a lot of myself in summer. Um, you know, I, it's funny, her, her, her goals over the years have sort of changed, right? Like I think in the first season, she was really concerned about being popular. And as she's gone along, it like really has taken a back burner because she's realized there's this whole universe and alternate dimensions that she can be popular in. Um, and that it's all meaningless, really. I mean, like whichever summer she is, like, um, but I, I 
Yeah, I mean, I was a very nerdy, I say nerdy, alternative, nerdy, kind of loner, artsy kid, you know? I, I, didn't know, have... I know this life, Summer. I know this life. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I was like, I was cute. Like, you know, there's inherently something really weird about the famous kids, like the the kid whose parents parent is famous. Mm-hmm. Like, you just uh, wear this scarlet letter no matter like and you think that it would make you really cool but it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't make you cool at all it it only makes people be like it makes parents friends like or friends parents think about you in a different context it's just not it's not it's not the most it doesn't make you popular let's just say having a famous dad doesn't make you popular I guess from my experience um, I don't have a frame of reference for that. So I will trust you. Um, it, it does feel, though, that like you have really influenced this sort of arc that that Summer has taken. Was that conscious on your part, or is it just a natural evolution of being so involved in that character for so long? It's funny. I I well, there was this one day of interviews that we did um, where. Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland like went off about how much they love Summer and how much like they've she's grown and how much I've like helped influence them based off of my records. And I I really was not necessarily aware of that. Like, I know that the first episode they didn't like I know Justin was like, no, I don't really care about Summer. Like, we'll put her in there. Like, Dan was like, we just just like it's a thing, you know, a sister's a good thing to have. And then as the season went along, I guess my performance did allow them to write more lines for me because I'm a, I am a, uh, I, I hate to say it, like, it's not an, a, it's not a bad thing, but I, I don't skew like feminine in my way of talking to people. <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I, I tend to like be a kind of opinionated and sometimes a little bit loud and, you know, I don't generally like go with the group all the time. I, you know, if everyone's like super into, you know, polyamory I'm kind of like no I'm into monogamy like you know that's like and I seem to never be quite with it like this continues this gets continued through high school to now anyway so um so when I think that that's sort of how I deliver lines like I have a I have a lot of issues um talking to men in a way that like they like because I will <laughs> kind of emasculating right in the nicest way possible um with my very girly voice <laughs> except <laughs> that I am calling bullshit right so um I think that sort of has spread into summer a little bit um I yeah. love that <laughs> and I loved that question thank you so much so we're we're, we're winding down you have um you have your one-on-one meet and greets yes. at 5 p.m. Eastern. So there is still time to sign up for that. And there is still time to sign up um, to get some of the autographs. I mean, there's, I saw Funko and mini posters and all of that. Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. I was like, I would never like be able to do all of that stuff for people. Like if they had requested me to go get them posters, like I wouldn't, I would not, I usually follow, don't follow through on that. There you go. So, so this is a really good way to do it. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's fantastic. So we've got time for one more question. So let's, let's see what we've got. I know. I'm, I, I love the anticipation of what is the next question. <laughs> From Kara, if you could voice a character in <sighs> any other show, which would you choose? 
like an animated show? I mean, like, I don't know. I I'm mean, gonna, I, I'm going to broaden it for you and say an animated show or a live show where they're going to do the a Gossip Girl animated like feature. The, the Gossip Girl VO <laughs> in the beginning. Um, um, <laughs> I feel like I wish I had gotten that job. Like, And this is signing up, Gossip Girl. <laughs> like, no. Um, I don't so know. Like, I, I do love The Simpsons, but then I, I think about like, even old cartoons that I've watched, you know, like Rocky and Bullwinkle, like what I grew up kind of watching, like, ooh, 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 Scooby-Doo. I would do a voice on Scooby-Doo for sure. <laughs> I, I love, love Scooby-Doo growing up. I still watch it too now, but um, it yeah. still holds up. Kara, thank I, you so much for your question. Totally. Uh, Spencer, I lied. We have time for a few more questions. Oh, okay. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I mean, this is my first time doing this. So, <laughs> so from Colette, who is your favorite oh. character on Rick and Morty? That's not Summer. As in it's, up in Summer because we all summer. know Summer. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so it's like, teeth save the world. Summer. Summer. <laughs> no, I, I love Jerry the most, I think. But recently I've been really digging Rick. Like, I don't know. The most recent versions of Rick have been some of my favorite. But Jerry's always my favorite character. I don't, I just, I feel so sorry for him. And then also like, somehow he just continues to put up with it, right? He's just like still, and it, and I love the patheticness of it. It makes me really happy. <laughs> it's so bad. Sorry. I yeah. hungry for apples like that whole that whole story like I still I'm summer's not even in that episode okay like that we're there in the th- the other thing and he doesn't even realize it's a simulation and it's so shoddy and like his best life <laughs> is happening the best sex of his life is in this simulation it is so it's so sad and hilarious. I'm sorry, I love it so much. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. You love it. Kona, thank you so much for that question. Uh, so this next question comes from Kofi.me. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Apologies if I have not. Uh, do people recognize your voice in public? And if and when they do, what is their response? You know, not too often. I mean, I I uh I probably like do it up more when I'm doing interviews than I do in my real life. Um, the, you know, I, 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 my keys got locked in my car recently at a, at a gas station <laughs> and I had to hound. I like, it was a whole thing it, anyway, but I eventually got a police officer to come over and he was like, you've got like a weird accent. Cause I I'm living in New York at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, well, I'm from California. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Like, well, and, you know, it's like, so what do you do? Like, this is always the thing people ask me. Like, they can't. I don't know. Um, oh, I'm an actress. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, anything that I would have uh, seen in her. And I was like, well, I, I do this voice on this show. It's called Rick and Morty. Um, I play. And he's like, really? Which character? It's like Summer. I do the voice of Summer. And I'm like, so, no, I usually don't get noticed. <laughs> unless I tell somebody and then I'm like oh well her voice is kind of like this you know like that's how I really do it so when you know you then to- I like overdo it when you get to that point where you're literally telling someone I play summer and they're like mm, but do <laughs> I was like look I have a little card holder that's like a rig and like obviously I'm a huge fan I have my picture it's a summer it's my but how would you know like how would you know that I 
Like he'd have to take my word for it, right? So, you know. Good call. I'm just going to start telling people that I am the voice of Rick and Morty. So from Joanna, were you able to ad-lib any lines that made it to the air? I mean, I can't remember. I mean, there are things that like, you know, when we're doing like, um, I don't know, I feel like in this new season that I recorded, there's some cheering and things that I've added little things to, but some that's where you'll probably get it is like in that sort of background of stuff. Um, I mean, no, I haven't really, I mean, I probably have, but I can't remember. Sorry. Something Sorry. to look forward to <laughs> in season five. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so our next question comes from George. Do you think Rick and Morty could cross over into different shows? And what show would you see them in? I'm going to tag that on from George. I mean, maybe in some other shows that Justin and Dan are doing, you know, maybe like Solar Opposites, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think like, if, I, don't, I don't know what other shows they would like contemporary ones. I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know, like. Bojack Horseman, but like that got canceled. Like I feel like we would maybe be on that show at some point. It would be um, a bit like a white whale, but if they would be like BBC and Doctor Who to, <laughs> to figure that out. You know, there's actually yeah, that would be hilarious. There's actually we we've been in some of those like on in the background, like where we've had to sign release forms. So like I think CSI had it on in the background somewhere at some point. Um, so that happens sometimes. I mean, I would love to be on The Simpsons. Obviously, I've said I've said The Simpsons like a hundred times. I was like, "Can we be on The Simpsons?" <laughs> Put it out well, into the universe, George. Yeah, we did so do much. the we did the couch gag. They did the couch mm-hmm. gag part, but like, you know, like maybe we get to we can maybe get, I get to hang out with Lisa or something. I can be like her mentor, you know. <laughs> I give her a summer makeover. <laughs> oh, I love it. Let's see who uh, from David. What is the best piece of career advice you receive from a fellow actor or someone you look up to? Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, my dad always gave me this advice that Mm -hmm. you should always, like when you're going on an audition, um, always give them a moment of truth in your audition. Now, I've interpreted that in many different ways, but, you know, if you, not every part that you play I okay every character that you play is sort of a uh, a facet of yourself you know um a so I usually try to take version. yeah and so you try to take a version of that where you can relate it to your own personal life and make it truthful right we make it authentic for you and I think being able to show truth um on camera is you know it's the thing that we can really um as people as humanity we can pick up on bullshit Right. So if it's real, we know it's real because we spend most of our time trying to decide if somebody's real or not real. I mean, people get really good at, you know, being con artists. I should know. <laughs> I've dated some of them. <laughs> um, but but, you know, you can't hide like empathy and and truth. Um, and those two things are probably the most important things when it comes to acting is like being able to empathize with any character that you play and being able to give an audience, a truthful moment. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's probably the best piece of advice, you know, and that like never say no to work. Uh, I don't know, no press, like there's no such thing as bad press. (laughs) Those are like the two things. I don't know. 
<laughs> David, you got three top pieces of career advice. Thank you so much for your question. All right, this one for really real is going to be the last question. Um, okay. We have had so much fun with you today, Spencer. So, you our so final, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, from Jeremy, if you could time travel to any period or decade, which one would you go to and why? Oh, I love this. Jeremy, thank you. I mean, I mean, 1920s France, <laughs> Paris, I don't know. Yeah, I, I love it. A specific location and time. <laughs> Wouldn't it be like, me, like, well, like before, after World War One and before World War Two. We'll just say somewhere, somewhere in there, right? Like that's where I'd like it. It, it was. It must have been a really interesting time at that period of time. Yeah, fantastic. And thank you for that final question. So, Spencer, <laughs> we're going to give you a little bit of a break, and then you're going to be doing your one-on-ones. Um, is yeah. there any you know final thing you want to show? What can we look forward to? Any exciting things on the horizon for you? Um, any any projects that you want to tease us about? I know. Well, I haven't totally finished that one deal, but when I do, I will let everybody know what it is. Um, it's another like voiceover job. Um, but then I don't know. I like had this crazy year. So I am just getting back to work literally like right now. Um, and so in the new year, I'll definitely have more stuff to talk about, but I had to take like five months off. <laughs> so I mean, along with everybody else, right? Like everybody else has just been on a break. It's like an ongoing break. But um, I am really looking forward to this year. Like I'm, I'm planning on graduating from Columbia with my MFA yeah. um, and, you know, looking forward to directing more and, and writing and hopefully selling some scripts. Um, yeah. And starring in some more stuff. So, I mean, I did a short, I've done like a, I do a bunch of little things here and there as I'm going along, but nothing that I can tell you guys yet. So I always like to, to close these with final thoughts. Um, but this one's going to be a little bit inspired by something that you said before we started the okay. panel today. Um, if you, Spencer, could give a TED Talk, what would oh. your TED Talk subject be? <laughs> What's my, as a, as a thought leader? What is as a thought leader. As a thought leader, I feel, um, you know, I would I would probably give a TED Talk, to be honest, on... Um, how to, Kelly, I'm just like trying to answer this, like actually with like, I should just be like about the universe, <laughs> black holes. <laughs> no, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in why, um, you know, in society, it's okay for like men to have illicit affairs and, or like, mm, sexually assault women, but like, it's not cool if women have kids Right. Or like, you know, I think there's a perception in America or in the world in general that once you have children or get married, you're suddenly no longer beautiful or feminine or like attractive or sexy. And I think that's something that needs to change. Um, I wonder why that is. And I would give a TED talk uh, maybe to talk about like our role and definition and being feminine and how we can redefine that um, for our our future generations of women um, and what that would take. Um, that would probably be what I talk about. <laughs> I you took this very seriously and I, I know I know I was like but I have like such an issue like you know it's it's tough it's it's uh it's a weird it's weird when you want to be a hard when you're a hard-working woman who wants to like 
also have a family. It's like, you can't live one in the same, you know, and you always have to make a choice between the two. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that we deserve, I think everyone deserves to like have a, have the life that they want to live, you know, and it shouldn't be chosen by society or what we deem to be necessary. So anyway. Spencer, I get to ask you (laughs) four hours, but our time is up. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you to all of you watching and all of your wonderful questions. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye.